Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Enjoying a little Sunday. Watching golf, swimming, hanging out. Hopefully everyone had a good weekend. We usually do a podcast, mailbag only, on Sunday. But we didn't do one this weekend. Thought it was sunny and probably everyone was enjoying their family. Didn't know if podcasts would be popping on the weekend. And I just... I didn't really know what we were going to talk about on Monday with football kind of slowing down. So what I did is I pushed the podcast mailbag version to today. So this is going to be a heavy, heavy mailbag question podcast. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Fire in those DMs. So mailbag wide open. A lot of questions today about uh, Shannon Sharp leaving Skip Bayless. A lot of people care about that. It's it's crazy how big of a story that is. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into it all from the Steelers to Shannon Sharp to you name it. So we, we'll just keep mailbag questions coming. The way you get in the mailbag is easy. You fire in my DMs on Instagram. Just my name, John Middlecoff. So you fire in those DMs. I, I think the plan is to have this podcast. We will have Sobel, who picked Victor Hovland on Go Low this week. We'll have more football podcasts coming as well. The uh, U.S. Open right around the corner, so we are going to do some heavy betting. For those of you non-golf people, listen, we, we just we gave out a winner last week, Victor Hovland. I plan on, you know, might put the mortgage on Scotty Scheffler at the U.S. Open. You need something to gamble on, something to do this offseason, right? Football's still pretty long way away, so we got, we got to stay entertained. And that's what I'm here to do. So a heavy mailbag podcast today. And uh, I, I'm going to start working on some interviews for the summer uh, to try to help, you know, not just pass the time, but just some, some, not even just football ones, just some interesting ones, see what we can figure out. I have some ideas. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I got a pretty good idea of a couple guys that I want to go after. But other than that, I'm going to tell you about my friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone and download a little app that we call Game Time. It's the fastest growing ticket app in America. And they happen to be the official ticketing app of this podcast. Sign up. And when you buy your first pair of tickets, whether it's a baseball game, basketball game, you want to go to a football game this fall, college or pro, Taylor Swift, you name it, concerts, comedy shows, type in the promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, my name, 
and get $20 off the first pair of tickets. So you want to go to a game this fall, football, SEC, you want to get down there in the South, you want to go to a College World Series game? I was watching some of that this weekend. The, the, the SEC dominates, even watching Clemson. The South loves their college baseball at, excuse me, Game Time. Download the Game Time app, promo code John. Promo code John, $20 off, very easy to use. Can't recommend them enough. I've used them. We'll use them again this fall. Game Time, promo code John. Let's dive into some questions. At John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in those DMs. We'll start with Jasper. Hey, John, question for the mailbag. Could you talk a little bit about someone, how someone can become an NFL scout? Is there a highly competitive interview process? Do you need to have any prior knowledge or do they teach you more of the information on the job? Well, I I think it probably depends who you are. Uh, I would say, yes, you need some prior experience. There are a lot of different routes. Some people, like me, start in college football uh, that did not play. I started working in college football and recruiting. I think you can you know, work your way up if you get a foot in the door, whether it be in sales or something in an NFL organization, and then kind of work your way over. You'd probably have to start on the bottom line. Now, it's probably like any industry. You don't go work on Wall Street or you don't go work you know, for an insurance company and know everything that's going on. There is a quote unquote, the tech people love this, an onboarding process, but you have to have an idea of, you know, some basic level knowledge is not just of football. Like most people, I would say that are NFL fans have some base knowledge of football, but what plays and what doesn't in the NFL. And you learn that over time once you get in the NFL. And obviously there are specific things for a team, but I would say to get an interview you know, with an NFL team really in the front office. And the front office is really more like a mom and pop shop. There are not that many people working for an NFL team. Like when I was there, basically we were on the coach's side. So it was the coaching staff and like three or four in-house scouts, including Howie. So the, the scouting staff is not very big. Some of these scouting staffs now in college are ginormous. You know, I mean, some of these, I bet there are SEC scouting staffs there that are bigger than some NFL teams. No, no bullshit. So it, it, you have to know someone to get an interview. That, that that to me, like a lot of very competitive jobs are hard. Now for me, uh, when I interviewed with the Eagles and when it was that 2010, we watched a couple of players and we wrote them up. And then we kind of went around. I, I think I talked with Lewis Riddick. I talked with Brett Veach. I met with Howie. I met with some of the lower end scouts, had lunch, hung out. You know, they kind of get a feel for you. And you know, no big deal hired on the day of the interview. Now, here's the other thing. When I interviewed lowest position, the lowest position on the totem pole, I had to pay for my own flight out there. Because for the most part, they were hiring people in that job from the Northeast. The previous guy that I had taken over for had gone to Penn State. I think the guy before him had gone to Villanova. It, it was a pretty hyper-local position. I paid for my own way out there. Think about that. <laughs> uh, and I don't blame him. You know, I, I think I was going up against another guy from the Northeast. Crushed it. No big deal. I got it. He didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. it's pretty competitive. I, I would say the one thing, anyone that works in you know highly competitive jobs, I don't know if this is normal. I remember you get there and multiple other people are interviewing on the same day. Now, I think one other guy, I think there were a couple people that interviewed for my position, but I had breakfast with the guy interviewing for my job. With There was also a couple other guys that were interviewing for higher level spots, but you're all kind of looking at each other. It's, it's pretty competitive, but the NFL is a competitive you know, business, right? Dog eat dog, baby. 
so you just you got to work in football. I, I would say you just got to find a way to work in football. And then I think you can figure it out from there. Little confused by your last podcast where you were asked for more DMs, but you also said that if someone ignores messages, then you should not just move on. Talking about Aaron Rodgers. So not sure which I should do, but here it goes again. Building on my question above, Bill O'Brien being on head coach level money, if he is, with the Patriots, what's your view on Bill Belichick's future as head coach if Bill O'Brien will get another chance at a top job? Well, I think one thing Bill O'Brien proved, when it comes to football, when it comes to the football team, not personnel moves, just coaching the team on Sunday, getting them ready throughout the week, he's really good. I know the division was pretty bad, but he constantly made the playoffs, clearly highly thought of, had success with Nick Saban. He knows what he's doing. The problem with a guy like Bill O'Brien is, for one thing I've heard, he's fucking insane. Like, he's legitimately kind of nuts, in a football way nuts. But there's a difference. Like, all football coaches are a little nuts. Will you listen to anyone else? Or are you just a power-hungry egomaniac and can't get out of your own way? Like, obviously, every good football coach is nuts. How power-hungry are they? Like, you know, Andy Reid and Pete Carroll will listen to other people. Bill O'Brien would not. And Bill O'Brien got run out of the NFL because he would not listen to any GM. Now, I don't know all, all the variables of every single GM he worked with. Obviously, there were, uh, you know, the preacher dude that was involved, which I think pretty sure he brought with him. A uh, lot of cooks in the kitchen, but he always had to be the, you know, the guy making all the decisions. And that ultimately bit him in the ass. If he'd be willing, and he's going to have to be, to listen to someone else, then I think he could be a really good head coach. Now, when it comes to the Patriots, like, if the Patriots make the playoffs this year, Bill Belichick is not going to get fired, right? I mean, John Harbaugh just missed the playoffs. You know, if you're going to fire Bill Belichick, what does that say about all these other coaches keeping their job? But to me, if Bill Belichick goes like 7-10, and 10, and they feel a little lifeless, it's not that... Here's the thing. There, there are coaches that get fired that you're like, you had no business being a head coach. Joe Judge, Pat Shermer, Nate Hackett. Like, we all know those coaches, Jim Tom Sula. They're like, this is an embarrassment. Or even a coach like Frank Reich, like, you got to get fired. You know, this is not working. And then there's Belichick. Like, you've proven to be one of the greatest individuals at your profession in the history, not just of your sport, but of all sports. But like, bro, you're 71, and maybe it's time to, you know, do something different. So that would be the reason he gets fired. What would be interesting would be if they were bad, I would imagine that means they're bad on offense because we know the kicking game and defense really the last couple of years, they've been good. So they probably are going to continue to be good. Why? Belichick's heavily involved. Offensively, if they struggle, that would mean Bill O'Brien's now calling the plays. Like, are they going to give him the job? I don't know. Maybe they would go with Gerard Mayo. When you were at Fresno State, did you ever work with Jeff Grady? He worked with Karin Adams. He coaches my high school football team, and it just seems strange. He's at a high school and not coaching in college. Jeff Grady was the offensive coordinator when I was there. He was the backup quarterback, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Fresno State football, for like the end of David Carr, Billy Volick, kind of the late 90s, early 2000s Fresno State team. I just think that he wanted more of the high school life from what I've heard. I love Jeff Grady. Awesome guy. Stud. You know, I think sometimes people in coaching profession, you either go all in and you just kind of get used to getting fired. And even at the time, you know, this was 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. The money is dramatically different now. 
So it's like, is it worth going through this lifestyle, you know, for 120 grand? Now it's like you become a coordinator in Power Five, you're making a million dollars. You know, I, Arizona State, who is like a fringe Power Five program, pays their coordinators seven figures. Their head coach is making like five, six million dollars. So the, the money now makes it worth it. Like, screw it. I, I'll live with getting fired. Same with being in the pro coach. You know, I think back in the day, it made you question, you know, is this what I want to do? Or should I just live a little bit more of a low-key lifestyle? But I love Jeff Grady. He was he was awesome to me. He's a cool cat. Why can't there be a minimum salary spend in baseball? They have to fix the A's. It's like MLB has given up. If they don't really care, let a fan pitch the first inning instead of the first pitch. Yeah. I, I think part of it is it's not all these sports are apples to apples. You know, football, you're guaranteed the cash, right? Every team, whether you win, like the Chicago Bears have the worst season in football, or whether you're the Chiefs or the Eagles and have the best, you get the same amount of money from the league because television now pays for your sport. So all the extra, now obviously teams like that are making a, especially the Eagles, sweets, Jeffrey Lurie makes so much from concerts, like they're making so much money, but whether they were good or bad, they're guaranteed to make money. It's why these NFL teams, it's like an insurance company. Every single year, the money keeps increasing. Where in football, or excuse me, baseball, basketball is somewhat in the middle. They're very dependent on television, but because they have 41 home dates, if you're selling out, you're, you're making a lot of money. Well, baseball is 81 home dates, right? 162 games. So it's in the A's, nobody watches them on local television. They do not have a local radio deal. They are very, very dependent on you know attendance, and no one goes. And in, here's where I will defend the A's ownership in the sense of, not that I think they do a good job, they don't, but I lived there when the A's were really good under Billy Bean. Josh Donaldson, Yoenda Cespedes, like they competed to have the best record in uh, in the American League. Nobody showed up. Place was fucking empty. I've said forever. Where, where the A's, the Raiders, and the Warriors used to play, obviously the Raiders and the Warriors are gone. The A's will soon be gone. If you blew that area up, it is in the biggest shithole area in the Bay Area. No one would notice. It is a complete dump. No one wants to go there. It's not safe at night. Uh, it's just, it's just a place that no one goes on the other side. You go a couple exits down, you go to the Oakland airport, but even then you drive right to the airport. It's ironically the, the Raiders practice facility used to kind of be over there, but they were kind of out of the riffraff. It's just the, the business is not set up like the NFL. So the reason the NFL has, you know, minimum salaries and, you know, salary floors, I think the NBA does too, is because everyone's making the television money in baseball. They're not. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Why do you feel like the top 10 football prospects are able to play at a high level in the NFL right away when it takes top baseball prospects two to three years to even make it to the majors? Well, I think it's a fundamental flaw. That's the other thing with baseball. One of the things the NFL has going for it is college football right now is the second biggest sport in America. It does the second best television ratings of all you know, live sports in this country. So when you get these players, just whether they're good or bad, you, we know exactly who they are. Right. Whether Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Mac Jones succeeds or fails is kind of irrelevant. We have name recognition with the player. So I know who he is because I watched the guy play at Alabama or Ohio State or even Zach Wilson. He played in some national televised games. Like in baseball, even if you're sweet, I don't watch your games in college. And then in the pros, like there's no guarantee. It's why Kyler Murray, when anyone even questioned what move he was going to make, the moment, even before he became the number one overall pick, it's like, if he's going in like the top 10, top 15, hell, the first round of the NFL draft, you don't go to baseball because you, you got to ride around in buses. No matter what with Kyler Murray, he would have to go to the minor leagues. And just because he was the, I think he was the ninth pick or the 10th pick by the A's, there is no guarantee that he ever makes it up to the big leagues. None. We're in football. If you're a first round pick, let alone the number one pick, at quarterback, you're probably guaranteed to start like right away. Like, look at look at this year. CJ Stroud will start immediately. Bryce Young will start immediately. I, I think when the dust settles, Anthony Richardson starts immediately. Hell, Will Levis could be starting by like week five. So they're just, I think, from a fundamental standpoint of the game of baseball, it's it's hard. I mean, th- there is just a uh, the sport dramatically changes from college to the pros, right? Use a wood bat. And as someone, you know, cut my teeth a little bit in college, one summer I helped this like local minor league college baseball team, you know, summer baseball league kind of thing. Um, It was fun. I I didn't quite know what I was going to do at the time. And watching these guys that were having success at all these like power five programs get a wood bat, half of them couldn't hit. It makes it pretty difficult, right? If you're a pretty good golfer and you're using modern day technology, Taylor May, Titleist, whatever. If I gave you like what Lee Trevino and Jack Nicholas were hitting, you would struggle immediately. I'm a five handicap. If I you put that in my bag and I had to play like that the rest of the year, I probably couldn't break 90 for a while. So it's the, the technology is hard. Pitchers are better. Um yeah. Hey John, great podcast. Keep it up. Who do you think this year's playoff teams will be? Well, that's a pretty good off-season pro- project. I think there are just some locks. 
uh, before we dive into like the nitty gritty of some of the variables. But I think, you know, I think the Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Cowboys, 49ers are just locks. The Bills probably, Bills as well. And then I think we got a lot of swing teams. Like, I'm going to pick the Jets, but I think people with the Dolphins should be like, well, if our quarterback can stay healthy, big if. I think the Jets, you know, I'd be like, hell, if we got Aaron Rodgers. I think the Browns are like, we got a $230 million quarterback who's much better than anything we've been playing with. I think the Steelers go, did you see us play late? Chargers obviously going to feel very good. The Jags are going to be like, we're winning this division pretty easily. I'd say the Jags feel like a lock as well. Uh, the NFC is wide open. You know, are the Giants just some lock to be back in the playoffs? You know, um, the Vikings definitely are not. But could the Packers be a, a swing team? The Lions, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Everyone's going to pick them, including myself. The Seattle, is Geno just going to go back-to-back 30, you know, touchdown t- uh, seasons? Be interesting. I have two questions that hopefully make the pot. Where do you think Zeke ends up? Number two, what was your best comparison that you had when you were a scout? Example, Rodgers is like Montana. (laughs) Keep up the best work. I love this one. It didn't quite play out, but I do think when he was healthy, his game had some resemblance of Reggie Wayne. I love Robert Woods coming out. I thought he had some Reggie Wayne to his game. Not the fastest player, but just a really consistent guy. Just a really, really good player. Now, Reggie Wayne is a better player than Robert Woods. But when Robert got to the Rams, he was really, really good. Glad his career came into its own. Uh, I think the problem with Zeke is Zeke's been used to making a lot of cash, right? He has been a guy that's been making, he was the whatever, what, the fourth pick in the draft. He got an enormous contract after three years. These teams are probably offering him like a million dollars. So put it into your own, you know, make it all relative. If you're used to making $150,000 and then you get laid off, and people start offering you like $35,000, $40,000. I know it's a lot different when we're talking larger sums of money. But just, you know what I mean? Like, he's been used to making 15 Even when he was a draft pick, he was making five, six, seven million million. Now people are probably offering him the league minimum. He can't run. And I'm not some Zeke hater. I loved him uh, when he was young. He was so powerful. You know, he, he was just... It's just crazy when your legs go and you can't run. When you have no speed. When I was with the Eagles, we signed Ronnie Brown back when Vince Young uh, named us the Dream Team. Number two, obviously, it didn't quite work out that way. The Dream Team, number one, uh, was a little bit better with Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, John Stockton. I'd take that team. But I remember being at practice, and I I can't act like at the time. I, I have... Infinitely more understanding if I go to a practice can tell you who can play now, you know, 10 years later. But at the time, I remember being, he looks really slow. Now, I wasn't privy to like the way Andy and Howie were probably talking behind the scenes of like, we got a problem. But I just remember looking going, this guy's slower than molasses. And obviously it was terrible. Mangini and Clatt are the two best Colin Weekly interviews. I'm a big Clatt guy. Really, really enjoy Joe Clatt. Uh, just really good looking guy. I mean, isn't it amazing that all these analysts, it's like Joel Klatt, right? Troy Aikman. They just, I guess it's probably being a quarterback. You know, they're used to being one of the better looking guys from a young age, getting all the ladies, getting all the cash, uh, probably just getting to do cool stuff from a very, very young age. Okay. Preston, first time, long time question for the podcast. Lifetime Steeler fan. 
Is my fandom blurring my vision, or are people sleeping on the Steelers this year? They're plus 650 to win the AFC North. Worst odds in the division. How they have worse odds than the Cleveland Browns is insane. So before I read the rest of your question, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers much better than the Cleveland. I I would pick the Cleveland Browns to finish last in that division as of right now. Now, if Watson's a pro bowler, they'd be really good, but I don't know, man. I'm betting against it. And they went nine and eight last year with a rookie quarterback, TJ missing a bunch of games, a young offensive line that has made significant improvements. Agree, because they traded up with the Jets to get, uh, or I guess they traded up with the Patriots to get the uh, Broderick Jones. I know you're not the biggest Pickett fan, but he's more athletic than he gets credit for. I believe he's going to make a huge second-year leap, and the offense is loaded with young talent skill position. Add in soft schedule, and I like 11 and 12 wins. Now, here's the thing. Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, I would say Alex Smith is the best version of that type player. That's not my cup of tea. But when you put those guys in advantageous situations with good coaches and good talent, they have success. Alex Smith was a laughingstock. Then he got with Harbaugh and Andy and was just a really good player. I'm not a Mac Jones guy. But if you took Mac Jones away from Patricia last year and Belichick and put him with Shanahan and all those weapons, he would have looked a lot better. Like Kenny Pickett. Do I like Kenny Pickett if you put him on, you know, the Houston Texans or the New England Patriots? I do not. But if you put Kenny Pickett on the Steelers with all their team speed on the outside, we know how good they are drafting wide receivers. Their offensive line, like you said, in theory, should be much better than it has in recent memory. And Najee Harris was a first-round running back for a reason. Very, very talented player with a defense, just with a really good team, a really good culture. Yeah, I I think Kenny Pickett, he's not my type quarterback. I like big arm guys. I I just do. It doesn't mean I'm always right, right? Like, I like Will Levis. Clearly, a lot of people don't. Now, I'm not saying that I think Will Levis is going to be better than Kenny Pickett, but I'm just saying I like those type quarterbacks, typically more than weak arm guys that are predicated on accuracy, timing, and rhythm. Now, doesn't mean those guys can't play. And I'm prepared, like, if you tell me Kenny Pickett becomes like a five-time pro bowler, I can't see that. I would bet against that. But if you told me Kenny Pickett is a 10-year starter, makes a pro bowl, and the Steelers go to the playoffs often, I think that's very believable. So I don't love taking guys like that high because I think you are very dependent on getting their best, and that even means the ceiling is lower. Right, like Kenny Pickett, even if he hits, his ceiling is low relative to other physically gifted players. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, those type guys, right? Just because physically they're so much more gifted. That doesn't mean you can't have a lot of success. I'm not saying he's this guy, and obviously their games are a lot different because he's a much better athlete. But Phillip Rivers did not have a good arm, and he had a ton of success. One question I got, I, I saw it earlier this week, and I might miss it is someone asked me why my, my thoughts on Shannon Sharp leaving Skip Bayless and uh, Undisputed. And my reaction is I, I never watched that show at all. Uh, I, obviously, I see clips on the internet. And I, I think one thing, and there have been a lot of people, I, I don't know. I don't even care really about Skip. Like to me, he's pretty irrelevant. I, I've never really watched his content. I've never really got all up in arms like a lot of people in the media about his takes. I think a large percentage of people in the media, because he doesn't affect them at all, are jealous of how much money he makes. Like ultimately, 
you know, I was thinking about this. A lot of times the media complains. It's a weird position for a lot of them, right? The ma- overwhelming majority of them do not make very much money, right? Yet they cover people who make an astronomical amount of money. And then there are like the the elite people, and some of them deserve it. And some of them, I think we can argue, but like make a ton. The Cowards, the Dan Patricks, the Stephen A's, the Skips. And I think obviously, you know, they're a different cup of tea even for the elites. But the majority of people that you follow on Twitter that cover your teams are, you know, not making much money. Like my girlfriend slinging real estate runs circles around them in terms of how much money she makes, right? And probably works way less. But both has a work weekends. But my, my point is there's sometimes a bitterness behind them. And I've never seen many Skip Bayless takes that I care about. But I think a lot of the resentment... Now, I wouldn't want to work with them. And listen, I'm not acting like I'm too good for that show. I just don't watch it. But I think there's a lot of resentment, jealousy of his his direct deposits. You know, right? They're working way more hours for $75,000, $80,000 writing for The Athletic. And this dude's making $7 million. You know, it's just natural. Uh, But... Listen, I, I think this about Shannon Sharp. First and foremost, I saw him at the Volumes party at uh, during the Super Bowl. Fucking guy is massive. I mean, he is so jacked. I saw an Instagram picture of him the other day. The, the picture, if you go to Instagram to look at his last picture, he's like in a in like a backyard by some flowers. He is bigger now than when he played. Number two, I, I listen. You club Shay Shay. I, I listened to his interview with Dion. <laughs> Some of them are pretty entertaining. Uh, he's clearly he he's become a little media star. I mean, there's no not little. I mean, he's become a pretty like when he talks. Now, listen. I think some of his stuff is he's fighting John ja Morant's dad. Now, I think that's aged pretty poorly on the Morant side and the Memphis side. They're a bunch of clowns. But you know, Shannon feels like he's part of. I, I would imagine Clutch represents him. Uh, because he's just pretty in bed with the LeBron crew. That annoys me. Not the biggest LeBron Laker guy, but listen, to each his own. Why can't ESPN start Monday Night Football at 7 Eastern and next at 10, 15 Eastern and just do a doubleheader with the West Coast teams playing later? They have to get better ratings than putting both team both games on at once. I Honestly, I don't understand the Monday Night Football doubleheader. We watch football all weekend long. Starts Thursday, we watch Thursday Night Football. Friday, there's always a college game on. Saturday, from 9 o'clock in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, till you can stay awake. Unless you're out partying on Saturday, in the wee hours of the night, football is on until you go to sleep. I mean, there are kickoffs, Washington State playing Stanford at 8.30 at night. And those games, college, go till midnight. And then football starts on Sunday. We just need one game Monday. And I am literally make my living off the sport and I, I I think it's overkill. I, I just do. Now I'm biased. I don't I don't want to have to try to watch both games at once. But holy moly, Aaron didn't show up to OTAs with the Packers, and now he's a model citizen with the Jets. Fuck him. He was he was hating the organization since they drafted his replacement. He showed signs, and his attitude is a big deal. No one wants to acknowledge. Say what you want about Brady. He was an easy going guy. In fairness to this argument, Brady didn't show up to OTAs. The last couple of years with the Patriots. I think it's pretty simple, right? When you don't like your girlfriend or your wife, you stop doing things that you did originally in the relationship, right? You don't care whether she gets mad at you, whether she judges you. You stop asking for her permission. 
You just kind of become an independent individual anymore. And then you get a divorce or you break up and you start dating someone new. Well, what happens then? You start opening the door again. You start being nicer to her. You start doing things that you used to do in your other relationship in the beginning. It's the way life works. He was over you guys. You guys were over him. Now, was he more drama than Tom Brady? Of course he was. Just like some people are more drama than others. But when you're that good, and he was that good, what, four MVPs, back-to-back MVPs, you know, in 2020 and 21, or, yeah, 20 and 21, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like, he gets a little more rope. But I hear you. I I don't blame you for being mad if you're a Packer fan the way it all kind of crumbled. But I, I think the way you come to grips with everything is just acknowledging he was over the whole thing. Just like you guys were. And it started with, uh, you know, with the drafting of Jordan Love. Like the facts are the facts. We know why it became the way it became. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. In a hard cap league, how often do you justify spending top dollar on non-quarterback positions? Also, seems like there's so much talent in drafts that it's irrational to trade a first or a couple firsts for a high-end non-quarterback talent when they can't move the Vegas line by more than half or one point. Not to mention that you have to trade the picks and pay enormous second contracts. Would love to hear your insight on how math works on the massive quarterback signings. I think it all depends, right? Like, I think you could make the argument that the Raiders, for example, when they made that trade for Devontae and spend all that money, when you're not a player away and you do moves like that, doesn't make much sense. It's like, what are you really getting, right? Because you got to pay Devontae 70 plus million. Same thing with uh, Tyree Kill. You got to give up multiple picks. Now, both those guys were elite last year. They dominated. Tyreek, probably more worth it because Miami's a better team than the Raiders. But still, like you could make the argument, I would not be in the business of doing that. Now, if you wanted to trade a first-round pick for a star tight end in his prime, like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, 
I think that's a no-brainer because those guys don't cost that much money. They cost like $14, $15 million. Or if you want Devontae or Tyreek, they cost double that. Now, depending on who's in the draft, obviously, I think anytime that you get a star tackle, I would think about doing it, especially if you're a good team, right? Like the Chiefs, would it have been worth them to give up a first-round pick and pay Trent Williams a couple years ago? Of course, right? But I, I think it just all depends where your team is in their development, right? I think A.J. Brown's a good example. The Philadelphia Eagles were on the clock and they traded A.J. Brown or, you know, whatever, pick 17, which ended up going, you know, uh, Burks, the kid from Arkansas. So it was basically a player for player trade. But that contract of that pick was dramatically cheaper than A.J. Brown. But they get A.J. Brown and he's immediately elite and he immediately helps their star quarterback or at the time he wasn't on a star which they needed to do. So I, I think the key is to find out where you are in your team situation, right? The Jags, they were bottoming out. Jalen wants out, trade him for two ones. The Jets, same thing. Jamal Adams wants out. Now the Jamal Adams, that was a bad trade. You don't trade for a box safety. That was stupid. The other thing is in football, you can overcome mistakes with a good coach and good drafting and good personnel moves. And if your quarterback plays well, that also can, you know, circumvent disaster. Like, why did the Seattle have success? It wasn't because of the disaster trade that was Jamal Adams. Well, no. They flipped Russell Wilson, who was on the, looks like he's trending down. They get more picks. And then Geno, but really, it wasn't the Russell Wilson trade, though. Obviously, they drafted two tackles last year. It was Geno had a career year, and Geno was a Pro Bowl level player. If they have mediocre quarterback play, they're a six-win team. So I, I think it gets back to uh, just kind of knowing your squad. But I'm not opposed to, like, the 49ers. What are they going to do? Not pay Nick Bosa? Now, they don't have to trade for him, but you know his cap hit's going to be enormous. Would they be better off just trading him? Because what could they get for Nick Bosa? Two ones and two twos? And free up a bunch of cap space? How many teams in the league right now would trade for Nick Bosa? 25? Think about that. Think of what the... But aren't they better off just paying Nick Bosa? Because if they get three or four more years of Nick Bosa, now if he gets hurt, they're screwed. But that's part of the football. I'm a lifelong Falcons fan. I've subjugated, subjected myself to countless deflating seasons over the years. I'm not buying what the Falcons are trying to sell with Ritter being the guy. If he was, is the guy, then why did we kick the tires on the gammer and Tannehill, I don't know who the gammer is, and Tannehill pre-draft. I think the Ritter buy-in at the organizational level is a smokescreen by the front office that will be used to justify throwing him out there week after week while we effectively tank as a means to land a top pick. Given the status of our young offensive core, all on rookie contracts, we're looking at a four-year window that's shrinking quick. Yeah, to me, windows, when you have a bunch of good young players, don't matter if you don't have a quarterback. And the other thing is you guys don't have is a defense. So your defense stinks. Now, in theory, and Falcons fans are like, well, we spend money on defense. Okay. But you got B. John Robinson. You got Drake London. You got Kyle Pitts, who needs surgery. Uh, and everyone acts like he's the next, you know, Tony Gonzalez. Time will tell. Uh, and listen, he's talented, clearly. But when you don't have a quarterback, it's just, it's very, very difficult.
It, it really is. So I would say if Ritter, if Ritter is bad this year, which I would bet on him, I'm, I'm not a big Desmond Ritter fan. You guys are screwed. Now, I guess maybe you could just run the ball, but your defense isn't very good. I have a question for the mailbag. How would you rank the top receivers in this year's draft? Uh, JSN, Jackson Smith, Addison, Johnston, and Flowers. I'm also curious about your thoughts regarding the projection of their careers. Always enjoy the show. Well, I watched a lot more Jackson Smith two years ago, you know, just in terms of relative to the rest of the group. He's really, really good. And to me, if he's healthy, which he missed this entire season, he's just a can't miss NFL player. Now, how good, you know, determines work ethic, desire, character, but he's in a place, compliments DK Metcalf. Hard to see him not be a really good player. Um, you know, I I was I was I was a little disappointed in Jordan Addison. Gonna not gonna lie, <laughs> I, I was expecting more. Now people told me when they, you know, I was gonna say they, when they traded for him, but when he left Pitt and came to USC, transfer portal feels like trades. Maybe I was expecting more. I don't I don't watch Pitt Panther football, but when you watch, and I understand. Listen, this quarterback went in the first round. Leave. I, I get it. I thought the other guy that came with Caleb Williams, number four was a far superior player. Now, that guy might be a top 15 pick next year, but, you know, guys I trust, think he's a really good route runner. He's just a really solid player. Johnson, I I think you mean the TCU guy. I liked TV scouting, but then I remember texting with people in the NFL, a lot of mixed reviews. Some people thought not a great route runner, hands kind of hit or miss. Others thought just pretty physically gifted. I think he's a little in the eye of beholder. I think he's the greatest risk Right, but also has a high ceiling because physically he's a pretty special, you know, he's massive. Uh, I would say Zay Flowers didn't watch much Boston college football, but if you just go to YouTube and watch his highlight packages, he's a baller, man. He really is. Now, is his fit with Lamar perfect? He's a different player than Hollywood, but last time, you know, this isn't some 6'5 wide receiver, uh, but you can also do a lot with him behind the line of scrimmage, quick screens. I'm the most intrigued by Zay Flowers. I think that could be a cool fit if they figure out a way to use him. Todd Munkin, Lamar. Pretty sure, yeah, Zay went to uh, went to the Ravens, correct? Zay Flowers, Baltimore Ravens, yeah. So I would go Jackson Smith. I would put number one. I might put Jay, Zay Flowers, two. Jordan Addison and TCU guy last. couple more. In your honest opinion... Who are the division winners in the NFC? I see the AFC being pretty much set if there are no major injuries, of course. I would imagine you have the Chiefs, the Jags, the Bills, and the Bengals. I would go NFC West, 49ers. NFC South, Saints. Don't feel great about it, but I'm just picking the team I feel like has the most talent in a quarterback. Uh, AFC North, I'm going to go to the Lions. Also don't feel great about. Not a great division. Uh, NFC East. I'm going to pick the Eagles, but I think the Cowboys are going to be pretty good. So I, I, I think that division, I think both those teams, 12-ish wins. Uh, now, if the Cowboys, excuse me, the Eagles get these young guys, and if Jalen Carter's fucking locked and loaded, N'Kobe uh, Dean, the second year comes into his own, they use Nolan Smith healthy. Maybe they can run away with it. Maybe the Eagles just win like 16 games. Here's the question. What were your thoughts on Shannon Sharp? Where do you think he will go? 
new media like Amazon or Spotify or legacy media like ESPN. I could see him doing a hybrid, uh, just have like, you know, whoever his agents are sell Club Shay Shay, just do that on his own and then do stuff, I guess, maybe ESPN. But what's he, what's he really going to do at ESPN? Shannon Sharp's going to move to Bristol? No fucking chance. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, what would he do at like Amazon? Call the games? Does he want to do that? Okay, we will really... Uh, another question on Shannon Sharp. A lot of people are fascinated. I wonder how many people ask about Shannon Sharp. Watch Undisputed. I don't know the answer to that. Because I, I think I see that, you know, three, four hundred thousand people watch. So it's not like highly watched show. My main take is like as a sports fan and I consume sports podcasts, but I don't watch sports television. Like, let's just say I get to the office at six or seven. I put CNBC on up until Coward. So I like getting my finance brain going. And I just kind of leave that on in the background. I I don't watch early morning television when it comes to sports. First take or whatever. I have to be at the gym to see it on TV. I never go to those channels. I just know it's 9 o'clock. And then I put Coward on in the background to hear what his opening rant is. But I I don't really watch the first takes. Again, no shade. I I don't resent their money. Good for them. Get your coin. Kind of crazy, right? Like in my space, if you want to make $7, $10 million a year, you better have seven-figure audiences, you know? Th- those guys do not. Now, they have value, I guess, you know, Skip does to go viral and stuff for Fox, but I don't know if he has value what he earns based on their advertising sales, right? Like, but it kind of is what it is. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, we'll, get, we'll podcast this week. Keep rocking and rolling. Adios. <laughs>